Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. On this first Sunday of 2020, I want to launch a new series that I believe will set the tone for a successful year. Now, here's what I need you to understand. I have prayed hard about this series. I I have prayed that God would use this to to put a a foundation down that we can build upon upon this year. And, and, And I don't know where all the sermon series will take us this year, but I do know this. God wants us to walk through this one together. And this one is going to be a journey. And if you'll stick it out with me, by the end of this series, I'm going to give you some proven methods for seeing God's plan for your life unfold before your very eyes. Now, that's a bold claim, isn't it? If I tell you I'm, I'm going to give you some proven methods on how you can see God's plan unfold, um, then, then you, you, you want to be here. You want to hear that. But I, I need you to understand that today is going to be a little bit different than that. Today is very foundational. In this series, I'm going to share with you how the decision-making process works in my home and and how it's never failed us. And so I'm going to help you with that. When it comes to God's plan for your life, by the end of this series, I want you to be able to to say, I can see clearly now. I can see what God wants for my life. I can see clearly now. But as I said, today I have to lay a foundation and we must first have a a reality check if we are going to try to make changes that are going to impact our tomorrow. How many of you are willing today to hear God's word and to make some changes that will impact your tomorrow? Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, you're going to have to get with me, okay? All right. I am what you would call nearsighted. Uh, I'm sure there's others in the room that are nearsighted. I see some of you wearing your spectacles on your face right now. I can see things close up, but I need assistance in being able to see things far away in the distance. Uh, So I wear contacts. Right now I have contacts in. And sometimes I wear glasses so that I can see things in the distance more clearly. But this was not always the case. I haven't always been blind. All through elementary school, middle school, and high school, I did not wear glasses, I did not wear contacts, um, did not have a need for them. I was 20 years old, newly married, and I had no idea that I had a problem with my eyesight. I was at a conference in, in St. Petersburg, and I could not see the images that were on a projection screen, something like this. I could not see the images clearly, and, and there was writing on there that everyone else sitting around me could clearly see, but I could not see it. And the man that was sitting to, to my left, um, he was about 30 years my elder, and, and he could see it clearly. And, and I looked at him, and his name was, was Freddie, and I said, Freddie, can you see that? Can you actually see that? Because he's writing stuff down. And he said, yeah, I can see it fine. I said, man, something's wrong. I cannot read that. And Freddie takes his glasses off and he hands them to me. And what you have to understand is that Freddie was wearing the old man aviator glasses with the, with the clear lenses. Uh, now, it's hipster to wear those glasses. It was not then. This is the mid-90s. And, uh, and, and Freddie hands me his glasses. And just you know, to humor him, I decided I'm going to put his glasses on and, and just see what I look like. You know? So I took Freddie's glasses. I put them on. And all of a sudden, it became clear. 
It was like a, an act of God. That it, it, it was like the perfect prescription for me. That, that this is what I needed to prove that I could not see. I needed to be able to use his glasses so that I could see clearly to know that I needed to set up a, a, a doctor's appointment a, a, with a, you know, an optometrist. I, 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 for the rest of the day, I wore Freddie's glasses and he wore his prescription sunglasses, which by the way, prescription aviators look a whole lot sexier than, in the, than the clear lenses, right? And churches... All across the country today, pastors are going to be preaching on the topic of 2020 vision. I mean, why wouldn't they? It just, it, it, it lends itself to it, right? Um, I, I chose not to use 2020 in our title, uh, or 2020 vision in our title, uh, for a couple of reasons. One, I, I, I'm just rebellious that way, and I don't want to go with the flow. Um, but I chose a series title that has as much to do with hearing as it does seeing. Because that's what I believe is very important for us. We need to hear God's voice. To see can mean to perceive with the eye, but it can also mean to be aware of or, or to come to know. When you are enlightened to something, you see it. When you understand it, that means that you see it. And so as we walk through this series together, understand that when I talk about sight, when I talk about seeing, I'm talking about having a clear understanding, uh, being enlightened to what God wants for our lives. When someone explains something to you and then they ask, do you understand? A proper response would be, yes, I see. Now this is that time of year for New Year's resolutions to be made and eventually broken. Some of you have already done that. Um, I'm not against New Year's resolutions. Please hear me out on everything I'm about to say. I'm not against New Year's resolutions. Let me ask you this. How many of you in the room, and, and this is, I guess, primarily a question for the women in the room. Um, how many of you have a word for the year? You've chosen a word for the year. Just raise your hand if, you, if you've chosen a word for the year. Okay, I have nothing against that at all. So everything I'm about to say, just keep your word for the year. Walk that thing out, live it out. Uh, my wife and my daughter, they choose a word for the year. And, and I think women are just created to choose words wisely. And so they, they choose words like flourish, you know. And you're like, yeah, that's a great word for the year. Or, or embrace. Patience. Man, you better be careful if you choose patience as your word for the year because you're going to go through some trials and your patience is going to be tried if that's your word. But, but women are creative with that. They, they come up with these words. Uh, men, we're not near as creative. Our word for the year is like pizza. You know, that's what we, yeah, pizza, hunting. Yeah, that's it. I'm not against those things, but more than what, more than you need a resolution or a word of the year, you need to be able to hear God's, verse, God's voice clearly in your life. You need to be able to see his direction, the steps that he wants you to take. And the whole purpose of this series is, is simply this. I do not believe that God wants you in the dark. I believe that God wants you in the know. I believe God wants to lead you, and I believe that God wants you informed on life's decisions and sure, I believe that we are to walk in faith, but, but walk in faith in the areas where you know that he is leading you, but the flesh, in the flesh, it doesn't make sense. It's a whole lot easier, church, to walk in faith when you know that God has led you there. 
To walk in faith does not mean that you just walk blindly. It means you know God has called you in that direction. And even though the resources may not be there or, or maybe it, 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 it's a little blurry sometimes, you still walk in that direction by faith. But you know that God has called you to go in that direction. And when you know that, then the steps of faith are so much easier. God longs for us to be so in tune with him that we seek his direction on every decision. Did you hear what I said? Every decision. Let's start this year off the right way. Every decision, every decision with your children and their education and their friends, every decision with your finances, every decision with your marriage, every decision with your occupation, I believe that God wants to be involved in every decision and God does not want you in the dark on these decisions. God wants to enlighten you and God wants to give you an understanding of where he's leading you and where he's taking you. You may not understand how he's going to get you there. You may not know how he's going to provide to get you there but you know that that's where God is taking you and I am just spiritually vulnerable enough to believe that God will guide me and that's how I've been living my life since I was 15 years old believing that God wants to be involved in every decision of my life and I can assure you that if you will buy into this this year will look a whole lot different than last year for you. John 10 and 27, Jesus says these words. He says, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. That tells me that God wants to direct my steps, that the steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord and God wants me in the know and he wants to take me along on this journey, but I've got to be able to hear his voice. And so this series is really about learning to hear our shepherd's voice, but in order to hear his voice, we must be able to see clearly. And so I want to read this morning from Mark chapter 8. Mark chapter 8. Verses 22 through 25. Mark chapter 8, verse 22. And it reads like this. And they came to Bethsaida. And some people brought to him a blind man and begged him to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? And he looked up and said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. Then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again, and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Earlier in this chapter, somewhere around verse 11, I believe, there were some Pharisees that wanted Jesus to perform some miracles as a sign to prove that he was who he said that he was. If you're the son of God, like you say that you are, if you're the Messiah, then we want to see you perform some miracles because we need some proof. If you're God's son, do a trick for us. But Jesus refused to become a sideshow. Because that was not on his radar at all. His ministry wasn't about his, his personal notoriety or fame. Understand, that's coming. 
God the Father is going to give him a name that is above all names. That day's coming, but this wasn't that moment. Often Jesus would tell people that, that he healed not to go tell anyone. Many times he would say, don't, don't tell anyone what's happened. And, and one of the reasons why Jesus was doing this is because he was, he was buying some time. He had some things that he still needed to accomplish before his time would come for him to be crucified. And so word didn't need to travel too fast because he had some training and some discipling. He had to make sure that, that these, these, these people that he was going to put the church in the hands of, that they were going to be the ones to, that would spread the gospel, spread the good news, and tell about his resurrection. He needed to make sure that they were trained properly. And so don't tell anyone what I just did for you because I, I cannot allow the fame and my popularity to grow too quickly. He did not use it for personal gain, but as much as Jesus tried to keep it quiet, how many of you know that good news travels fast, right? And word traveled fast that, that, that there's a man that, that he can heal the lame, he can heal the blind, he can, he can heal lepers, and, and that brings us to the first step of restoration of sight. And what we read out of the story, the first step in the process of, of, of sight restoration was when this man's friends brought him to Jesus. He had people in his life that had heard that Jesus had the ability to heal and restore sight. And they loaded him up and they took him to Jesus. Now we have no idea if the blind man went willingly or if he was forced to go. But thank God for friends that pushed the issue. I don't know how many of you have those friends in your life. But we need friends like that. People that will push us towards Christ when the going gets tough. When dark days are upon us, we need people that will push us towards Jesus. They'll drop everything that they're doing just to get you to his feet. The second step in the restoration of sight was when Jesus took him by the hand and led him out of the city away from everyone else. This should be of no surprise to us because we know that in Matthew chapter 11, Jesus openly rebu rebukes the town of Bethsaida because he had already performed many miracles there, but they still didn't believe. And so Jesus openly, publicly rebuked them. There was too much doubt in that city, so, so Jesus leads this man, this man out of town. Obviously, there are some people that can negatively influence our situation by their lack of faith. We have to make sure that we have distance away from them, especially when you're going through a tough time. Listen, if you go to unbelievers, non-Christians, people that are not on the same path as you spiritually, if you go to them for advice for your life's trials, you are barking up the wrong tree, my friend. You are looking in the wrong... What fellowship does light have with darkness? You cannot go to an unbeliever looking for, for uh, some kind of advice on how to get through life and the decisions that you have to make. So before you go and end your marriage, make sure that you're talking to the right people that can give you godly advice. Before you go and quit that job, make sure that you've surrounded yourself with godly people. Some people that can negatively influence your situation because of their lack of faith. 
But what you also need to understand is that there are some people that they mean well, but they're only there out of pity. Listen, I don't need someone's pity. I need someone's prayers. When your pastor is having a, a, a tough time, if I'm going through some stuff in my life, don't pity me. Pray for me. I was blessed last month when I found out that someone's candle for me for, for someone's candle for 2019 was to regularly lift me up in prayer. Never, I've never had anyone do that before. I, I know that there's people that regularly pray for me, and we actually have a prayer team at our church that, that, that prays not only for me but for you, and they, they, they touch every chair in this room every Sunday morning. And then they pray with, with me before service. And, and, and I know that there's people praying for me, but I've never had someone make their candle prayer at our candlelight service. I've never had anyone come to me and say, this is what God directed me to do. And they lifted me up all throughout 2019 without me even knowing. And I'll tell you, 2019 was a, a trying year for me, especially as we navigated through the construction process. Some of the most discouraging moments of my life was this past year. But I made it. Not because someone looked at me as a pitiful situation, but because someone was willing to pray for me. Jesus led this man away from the pity and took him to a place where it was just the two of them. And there comes a point in our spiritual life when we need to get away from the crowd. We need to get away. You know, there's even moments when you need to find yourself in isolation, even away from the church. Because it just needs to be you and God sometimes. Sometimes we just need to get along with our Heavenly Father because He knows us better than anyone else. And it's there that you become vulnerable. Because you can't hide anything from God. The third and final step to this man's healing was getting properly diagnosed. Listen to verses 23 and 24 again. It says, and he took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. And when he had spit on his eyes and laid hands on him, he asked him, do you see anything? Well, no, you just hopped up a loogie and spit at my eye. No, I don't see anything. You know, there, there's some cultures that, that believe, and I've actually heard some people try and teach this, that, that there's, there's healing in saliva. And that's the reason why Jesus would spit in the man's eye. Um, I need you to understand Jewish culture does not believe that. Matter of fact, to, to spit upon someone in Jewish culture is a sign of, of dishonor. Was Jesus dishonoring this man? I mean, we would later hear of when Jesus was, was being led to his, his crucifixion on how they would spit on him in order to dishonor him. Was Jesus doing this to this man? No, he wasn't dishonoring him. But Jesus had absolutely no respect for the sickness that had taken over this man. The blindness that he was stricken with, Jesus was dishonoring that because that was not from God. Listen, anyone that's battling sickness right now or any kind of ailment in your life, understand that did not come from your heavenly Father. Every good and perfect gift comes from God above comes down from our Father, uh, and, and, and we have to understand that. The attack that is on our lives through sickness comes straight from the pits of hell. It's the enemy. It's the curse that was brought upon this planet. That's why we have to battle these things. And so Jesus spit on his eyes and laid his hands on him, and he asked him, do you see anything? 
And he looked up and he said, I see people, but they look like trees walking. You know what this shows me is that I can be walking with God. I can be close to Jesus at times and still have vision problems. There are people, there are some people in this room that have no idea that they cannot see or understand God's plan for their life clearly. I'm talking about good people, Christian people, and man, I've been there myself. They have committed their lives to following Christ, but they have no idea which way to go. Like 20-year-old Rocky, they, they can see, but they don't know that their sight is imperfect. And so what happens is they stumble through life bumping into roadblocks and hitting every pothole simply because they cannot see clearly. They're blind to the truth. They're blind to their own spiritual condition. And they're blind to God's direction and plan for their, for their lives. Some of you have walked into this room today not even realizing that your, 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 your sight, your spiritual sight is lacking you don't understand that it's not imperfect. I'm not saying you're not walking with God. What I am saying is that you have a, a sight problem because you cannot see God's direction for your life. Have you ever met a nearsighted Christian? Let, let me tell you what I'm talking about when I say a nearsighted Christian. They see what's right in front of them, but they can't see the big picture. You ever met a nearsighted Christian? You, you know, they can see every problem that's right in front of them. Every problem that life throws at them, they see those things very clearly, but they cannot see how God is going to bring them through that. They can't see the testimony on the other side. So therefore, they never walk by faith. They never talk by faith. And, and they are just stuck in this rut. They are a nearsighted Christian. And when your vision is restored, you will see God working and moving long before your circumstances change. In the natural, your finances are insufficient. But in the spiritual, your accounts are overflowing. In the natural, you live paycheck to paycheck. But in the spiritual, you're investing in your future. In the natural, your marriage is in shambles, but in the spiritual, the fire is rekindled. In the natural, your womb looks like a tomb. But in the spiritual, the fruit of your uterus is numerous. And I've been waiting all week to say that. <laughs> Tweet it. Nearsighted Christian. Be healed in Jesus' name. Don't walk into 2020 only seeing what's right in front of you because that's only part of your story. The bigger part of your story lays out ahead of you and, and, and if you can't see it right now, then you have to pray, God, restore my vision. Restore my sight. Verse 25 says, then Jesus laid his hands on his eyes again and he opened his eyes. His sight was restored and he saw everything clearly. How many of you want to see everything clearly today? Amen. How many of you want to go into this year saying, I'm not going to be a nearsighted Christian. I'm going to see it all. God, I want all that you have in store for me, God. I want you to lay it out there. It may scare the living daylights out of you. 
You're not ready for everything that God has for you, but it's okay because you're not providing it. God is. And God gave that man perfect vision. He had no need of any eyewear assistance. And my prayer for you is that I want God to restore your vision as you learn to see him more clearly. And that means hearing my shepherd's voice. That's how you see God more clearly. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.